In this town, I hold all the cards. Walgreens, Hallmark, CVS. There are three things that I make time for. Shopping, a good cocktail, and my paying clients. Your nonsense isn't one of those. (laughs) (laughs) I love a storytelling moment. I'm extremely here for it. You guys, it's Andy's Girls LA edition. I am so excited to be joined in my hotel room. Shout out the Pally Society. Just a little (laughs) bit of a moment here in LA by one of my favorite content creators and Bravo-holic pals who I got to spend some quality time with at BravoCon and honestly just decided while in LA, this is the perfect opportunity for me to like blackmail you into spending time with me by saying, why don't you come over so we can record IRL? So welcome to Andy's Girls, your very first time, kind of, sort of, maybe not, but definitely yes for the listeners, the Bravo Dockets Sassy, Sassy, how are Hi. we? Thank you for having me. This is so cool and organic and just spurt of the moment. Literally. I love it. I yeah. literally texted Sassy an hour ago and I was like, any chance you want to just swing by my hotel room and record it? I was just feeling, I was feeling the vibe. Yeah. I just was in the mood to just kind of sass. I was here for it. I, yeah, I felt it too. And like I said earlier, I've been bursting at the seams to talk mm. about BravoCon because I haven't done it yet. Like Angela and I will be covering it on our podcast, but bursting at the seams. Like I have been like consuming all BravoCon content and mm. like cannot wait to talk about it with you. Well, I have continued to post video after video after video because there's no time to do it during the weekend. Like I'm not a professional. You know what I'm saying? Like it's going to be it's usually weeks, months or never happens. It just stays in my camera roll. And then I think, oh, fuck, I'm going to figure this out next year. And then I never do. So the fact that I'm just continuing to push out, they're so many videos that I have. It's overwhelming in the moment and after. Yeah. And I mean, you want to be present because if you're not, there's so much that happens. Mm -hmm. You can miss stuff. So I totally get it. You don't want to be buried in your phone the whole time. Totally. And also shout out my voice, which I have. You can get you guys can tell I have a little bit of an L.A. rasp. (laughs) although I feel like that's more of a New York City thing than L.A. But L.A., I think I would be extra like squirrely. I think you have the Vegas smoke rasp. I, I think, think it's, it's a vague. I think it's literally not. I said literally 18 times. You well, guys no, are you're, you're in LA. I so, am yeah. literally. And like, like, yeah. oh my God. Um, I it just being surrounded by smoke, but also talking so much. Mm-hmm. And then my body losing its will to go on because I'm so fucking tired. I still haven't caught up in sleep. I couldn't go to sleep last night until after three in the morning. My body is just in shock. Yeah. Yeah. It's so bad. Yeah. I think it's going to take a while. I think it's going to take a minute. But listen, while we're here, let's spend an hour. Let's do it. Mentioning it all. So first off, tell me a little bit about the story behind the creation of the Bravo docket. And also, do you remember the moment when it first kind of broke out? Yeah. So the story behind it is that like, I'm a huge fan, of course. Mm. Like, every content creator is of a huge... Of, of, of dockets and... <laughs> <laughs> yes, of dockets and of Bravo. Um, but it seemed like people were really interested in learning what was going on behind the lawsuits, especially on social media. There'd be posts and headlines, and it would only scratch the surface. And I was like, it'd be kind of cool to, like, actually dive in and know what's going on on the docket. But... I didn't really have a reason to. Mm. So I sat in the idea for a year and then met Angela on Reddit. 
she did a great cross examination. I oh think my of God. Brandy Glanville. I think about the Den- Denise Richards stuff, like a cross examination of like this is how I would handle this. Yeah, yeah. I need that. Yeah, holy crap! I think we had it posted on our website for a bit. I'll go back and look. I need to read that. We need to yeah. add that to the archives. Okay, that's yeah. Incredible. And so I was like. I just posted a comment and was like, oh, you would be great. I've had this idea. Let's connect. And then a bunch of people started commenting. And we're like, oh, my God, you girls should do it. Do it. Do it. And then we met on Zoom. And then she was like, we have to start an LLC and was like very <laughs> lawyerly. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, let's just do it. Let's record. And then we recorded. And our first episode was January 2021. Wow. And then three months later was Jen Shaw getting arrested. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. Thank God the timing was that was such that you had a moment to sort of organize your thoughts, let alone strategy, mm-hmm. before that kind of broke out. Yeah, because we met August 2020, and that's when all the Erica divorce stuff was happening. Mm. Then the Tom Girardi stuff came out December 2020. We had recorded three episodes that are in the trash because <laughs> we kept talking over each other and didn't understand it. And then, yeah, we released January 2021. And then Jen Shaw was arrested. So by then we felt like we had our, our shit together. And and then it spiraled from there. You asked, like, what was our breakout? It was the Jen Shaw wow. and Erica of it all. So from the perspective, so both of you are attorneys mm-hmm. practicing of the law. <laughs> so when it comes to watching these Bravo shows, are you able to turn off that part of your brain? Or is the fun part of this for you the fact that you absolutely cannot? I mean, if they're talking about a lawsuit like Beverly Hills last year, my brain could not turn off the lawyer part, mm. um, which is both fascinating, but also a little bit annoying mm-hmm. because then you start thinking like, oh, how am I going to talk about this on the podcast? Or how does this line up with what was in a pleading? Um, it just it's introduced a new angle to watching these shows that I didn't have before. Um but I still like watching them and yeah. I kind of appreciate when there isn't anything legal going on because totally. then I could just like watch as like a pure fan. Um, so from the perspective of I would say the top three, Teresa going to camp, um, Erica within the construct of Erica and Tom, the story obviously being told through the lens of the housewife involved and then Jen Shaw. What's the biggest misconception that you've seen either online or on the show when it comes to legalities involved with either the Teresa Michigas, the Erica and Tom stuff, or um, all things Shaw Squad? Misconception. I guess, do you mean like from a more technical standpoint, like people getting the law wrong or? Yeah, when it comes to the kind of combination of law and storytelling, because obviously, you know, Jen and Erica are more on our minds because they're more recent and in, mm-hmm. and in uh, Erica's case, still ongoing. But there's this like inner interesting to me cross section or conflict between trying to explain the legalities to the audience and then having the housewife trying to use the storyline to benefit whatever story she's telling legally at that time. Yeah. Well, I mean, all three of those have explained what was going on terribly incorrectly. Mm. Like Teresa saying that someone reported her to the FBI. That's not true. And that's she... someone being like Caroline, yeah. but then also Joe. Yeah. What? Yeah. Somehow it's changed throughout the years. Right. And not um, Joe. She didn't say Joe reported her. She said Joe maybe knew or hung out, I believe, with the person. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge misconception. Yeah. Like we talk about it on our podcast. It was her fault. She lied in bankruptcy filings. That's what flagged everyone 
to realize that something is wrong here. Jen Shaw, I mean, she pled her innocence until the very last minute. Mm. I don't know. Probably. I still feel like probably would still say that it. she didn't do anything as bad as or she had to take a plea. We haven't had like a post sentencing interview with Jen or anything to know. Right. But I kind of feel like if we did, she would still say, oh, I had to take the plea instead of saying like, I'm, I'm fully guilty. 100%. Right. And then Erica saying like alleged victims over and over during her season when there are actual victims you can say that there are victims because it's true they were victims and they did get taken advantage of that's not false so all three of them have just like sort of spun it in their favor and have been terribly incorrect (laughs) erica's having sort of an interesting trajectory and a little bit of an adjustment this season obviously things were very very hot for her before and now there seems to be cases that might be resolved in her favor and or are also ongoing. Um, The way that she seems to be describing her current state on the show is that she's kind of like at a new beginning, but everything has gone her way in terms of cases and not being necessarily responsible for some of what Mm -hmm. um, she had been accused of. But obviously, as we know, with that LA Times piece, there are other in the um, uh, wardrobe designer, Mm -hmm. that there are things that directly involve her. Right. What's your sense of her current legal status? Yeah. So like you said, she is still facing lawsuits like the designer Marco Marco. She was named in a lawsuit by... um, Edelson that's in the Northern District of California and that one alleges that she was involved in this whole scheme to like bring clients in by being on the show so she's still involved in lawsuits but she wasn't named in the indictments so I think maybe that's why she feels a little bit freer now because she wasn't charged with anything criminally yeah um and she's still a part of the bankruptcies but I think she feels like she has been vindicated because she wasn't charged with anything criminally. Um, And I think maybe she might have like gotten some PR advice because her last season was so horrible. Just she acted so defensive and just like, like she herself was a victim. And I think this season she's toned it down a lot and been like, Oh, maybe I need to learn what empathy is. And it's like, (laughs) (laughs) you know what empathy is. You just chose not to, use it um so do you think that she believes that tom is guilty i think maybe she doesn't want to believe he is is that fair to say yeah i wonder if there's a difference between even me saying that out loud a person being guilty versus culpable yeah because i think the ways that she has tried to use his age and any other potential medical condition he may or may not have possibly connected to that age seemed to be a way to alleviate the harm of some of what he seemed to actively be choosing to do for a number of years, which involved a lot of intelligence, intellect, ability to strategize and manipulate. Um, And yet the ways that she talks about him now, she seems to be more open and saying like he was a piece of shit to me in my Mm -hmm. marriage, but I still haven't seen her process Mm -hmm. the fact that he was a criminal. And I just don't know that she believes it. I also think she benefited from it so much that she can't say that she believes it Mm. because then she'd be admitting that she 
used all that money on herself. Is it admitting? Because I, I think she used the money on herself regardless, right? Yeah. She used money on yeah. herself regardless. And that's regardless of whether or not she knew where where money was coming from. And mm -hmm. I think that's also probably maybe in line with her defense, mm -hmm. right? That like money came to her. She had no awareness of where it was right. coming from and it was used in whatever fashion. I just kind of wonder if it's possible because it's like the legal battle versus the PR battle versus you know, maintaining her spot on Housewives, which is by far her largest stream of income, if it is in fact possible to say he was a bad guy, not only in my marriage, but in the actual like court of law, mm -hmm. if that really makes her legal standing more delicate. I think it does. It does? Yeah. And I think that's why she doesn't want to even well, touch can it. Can you explain that to me as a, as a layman? Well, I just think I don't think she's fully off the hook in terms of okay. not getting any federal criminal charges or criminal charges at all. Um, this is me just speaking. I, I have not dug in lately yeah, to the you. bankruptcies and all I that. You. I just There's have a like a little, on. yeah, yeah, a lot going on. <laughs> <laughs> we just survived BravoCon, okay? Yeah. We're still processing. <laughs> I don't know. There's a piece of me, and and Angela would agree that thinks that. They are still trying to tease everything out in the bankruptcies and try and see if she had any involvement there. And then once the bankruptcies are done, maybe she might be indicted criminally. So I think she really knows, maybe I think I think the way Angela has said it is that they're trying to get the bankruptcies to figure out everything financial. So then the prosecutors don't have to go and repeat that work. So if they find a thread linking Erica to all of this. They'll let the bankruptcies find it and then they'll step in and maybe bring criminal charges. Same with like, like I mentioned, the Edelson lawsuit, which hasn't gotten a lot of traction lately. It mm -hmm. did when it first came out. Was that the Chicago thing? I know you said based in no, upstate so LA. It's, or, or it's based in San Francisco, okay. actually. So there's two, like Edelson was the one in Chicago okay, that's that what I'm was like of. waved the flag and was like something's right. up here. And then Edelson filed his own lawsuit on behalf of the victims, like a civil lawsuit on behalf oh, of wow. the victims wow, where wow, wow. he paid them back. And then he's like, I want my money back now. And he said it's it's all about how Erica was on Housewives, was pumping um, Tom up as this great legal professional just to get more clients in for Tom, mm. that she was the face of this. And so I don't think she's fully off the hook. You know what I mean? She has so many lawsuits up in the air even still that I think it's wiser for her to just stay silent on any piece that Tom did. Yeah, I hear Because you. then you don't want to even have that that out there for them to use against her in court. The difficulty for me in just hearing that again as a total layperson who loves to lay down, mm -hmm. so named in honor of me, I could understand the perspective of anyone going on Housewives and using that time to hype their partner's business. We've seen it over and over again. It's it's uh, ended in incredible or led to rather incredible success, uh, regardless of whether or not there are legal questions surrounding that mm -hmm. spouse. I just sort of wonder how can a person prove because either way, Erica was hyping right. Tom. How could a person prove that Erica was aware of what Tom was doing? Because what I hear as a total outsider is like she was promoting her husband, which a lot of people have done. Of course. Yeah. And that's just an allegation that's put yeah. into a complaint, which everyone should be mindful of when sure. it's just an allegation. Total allegation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not we're not saying anything yeah. happened. Yeah. Um, but I if mean, only we had that power. <laughs> yeah. 
But that then opens the door to discovery. And, you know, maybe they find a text where she's like, it's so great yeah. stealing money from yeah. burn victim. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Right. I know. But then there's also like the loan documents, which right. I haven't gone into this in a while. I'm going off of memory, but where she signed like a loan document from Tom to herself or where she mm. accepted a settlement money. I think of um, have a lottery victims like lottery fraud. That was oh, a weird thing. Okay, cool, cool, cool. There was a whole weird lawsuit right. um, and she accepted that. So. And do you think, I mean, circling back, though, to that earlier question, regardless of whether or not she's saying it on TV, genuinely, gut instinct, do you think that she thinks that Tom is a criminal? Yeah. You do? Yeah. And do you think that she's mad about that? Yeah. And do you think that her being mad about that is unrelated to how his crimes have now negatively impacted her life? Do you think she's mad because he's a bad person? Or is or, or it could be all of the above? I think but like, both. Yeah. Okay. I think she's mad that he this is how he got his money yeah and she's mad because he was a criminal yeah because my thing is and i've watched that um robert de niro made off movie so many fucking times because i just like the the scene with the lobster gives me everything i've ever needed in my life but and i forgot the name of it but it's mad off hbo movie you know what i'm saying how many are there <laughs> probably a lot yeah um <laughs> you know but i just kind of think like at that moment in which you find out let's let's mm -hmm. say you had no idea of anything going on, or maybe you had like a an inkling, but you know, this is a different universe than I'm not a lawyer, I'm not whatever else. And and maybe you're just staying mm -hmm. ignorant or you really genuinely don't know. And maybe your husband is saying, shut the fuck up, don't ask me any questions. Who knows what mm -hmm. that situation was like before all the attention happened. And I say that this is like with all of the sidebars in the world, noting that obviously there were questions about prior lawsuits that right. she discussed before this really blew up where she was like this is a nothing burger there's nothing going on it's all been resolved obviously there was a trail here that was happening for a while mm -hmm. that they were discounting but i have to say we all have our different experiences of processing things in person versus on camera but i have to say that if i god forbid if i was married number one but if i was married to someone and i found out they were a criminal and i also found out the victims were burn victims and orphans mm -hmm the rage that would emanate and it's it's very it's almost like selfish of me to to even think of an example because i'm not in her position and she's a public a, a public facing figure right but i have to say that if i found out that the person that i loved that i slept with that i like considered my partner and extension of myself was that much of like an evil mm -hmm. being you wouldn't be able to get me to shut the fuck up. I would not be an ideal client, but I also know that in my heart, I would feel rage, not just about being misled, but genuinely at the forefront. How do you fuck over an orphan? How no, do you fuck over people who have lost everything in their lives? And now you're taking hope from them right? and manipulating it. Right. And I mean... That's what I I mean, that that's what I referenced in the beginning. Like she could have addressed and acknowledged that those were victims. And instead she did the opposite and said alleged victims and acted like they weren't actually victims in this. And there would have been no legal implications from her mm. for saying that. Because it was it was in pleadings, Tom admitted like he did not pay them their money. Yeah. So it, there was nothing there was no risk in her just saying, Yeah, they, like I cannot believe he screwed over these victims. 
Like, I, I just don't, I don't know. They're like, they were actually victims or even just acknowledging that there were victims, which now she has done. Yeah. You know, she saw those photo, the photos with her at the, she went to an ice cream ice parlor cream thing. thing. Yeah. 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 But those aren't with the same Thomas ones. Victims, and I think that they filmed something maybe for the LA Times, maybe for somebody else. Yeah. Right? But, but, but those aren't the same ones. Those aren't the Lion Air ones. Those are the ones that have already been paid out from the bankruptcy. Wow. 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 So I have a feeling she's like, well, these this these all are all tied up. I'm not getting involved in these. They've already received their money, so now I can say that I'm supporting them. Yeah, I'm supporting them. But I haven't heard her say anything about the Lion Air ones. And I also think a part of that is the fact that she feels like quote quote unquote these people are coming for me, so I don't owe them anything, including sympathy. That mm-hmm. she felt under attack, and as a result, she's like, "You are my enemy." Instead of seeing the ways that. Because she was married to this man, she was a surrogate for him. And Mm -hmm. if he was not available to go after, or Mm -hmm. even regardless of that, she was the one. And instead of getting mad at Tom for putting her in this position, she got mad at the people saying, where the fuck is my money, please? Right. Or if she also believed, which I'm on the side of believing he does have dementia. I feel like I'm the rare bird that feels like he does. Okay, But maybe she felt like she couldn't be mad at him because he was going through such mm. a shift in his mental capacity. Where are things with um, that kind of hearing about d- figuring out whether or not he was able to stand trial? Yeah, so he's fully, the hearing is done. They're doing post-hearing briefing. And then I think that there will be a decision by the judge either at the end of this year or early next year. And where do you think, what what direction do you think that's going to land in? I think he's going to be found not competent to stand you trial. You do? Yeah, yeah. And I talk about it on our podcast. Yeah, Angela and I had a pretty heated debate about it. Because Angela feels differently. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. I know. I went. I went and I saw him. At court. Yeah. I don't know. I just don't think you can fake that. And like the brain scans, they had brain scans. Like you can't really fake that. Were you in the courtroom or were you outside for no, like No, I was the, in the room. You were. Yeah, okay. I was in the room where it happened. <laughs> I mean, I was in the room at the Jen Shaw sentencing and it was the oddest day of my entire oh, life. Oh, that's really cool. I mean <laughs> I'm a lawyer. I think that stuff's cool. It was an odd, sad, strange day, especially yeah. hearing I wrote about it for the Daily Beast and talked about it on a um I think it was like an I watched what happens oh, I live. Forgot. I didn't know you were this there. This was a while ago. I like texted you to like the courtroom information. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> um, but the the vibe was interesting because the judge made very, very clear that he felt that Housewives, he had been convinced that Housewives was an entirely scripted series Mm -hmm. and that Jen Shaw was playing a part of Jen Shaw and no element of how she flashed her money or her behavior was going to be included in his decision-making, ruling, sentencing, or anything else because he said this is not in any way real, Mm -hmm. which was a decision that I think was a little unfortunate, which isn't to say that Housewives isn't highly elevated, performative, and and scripted sometimes internally, a person deciding as an individual housewife, here's what I want to do strategically. There is not quite literally a script, but I think he thought there was one. I And I don't want to say that the judge is taking a shortcut, but it probably just would have been too much for him to consider it all because then he'd have to watch like uncut footage and get all the field notes and Mm. understand how, if at all, it was manipulated. So I think it was fair. So what would your advice be um, or your opinion to members of the 
Bravo and greater audience in how they react to Erica this season? Like, how do you, does this stay connected when you are watching her in scenes? Or do you feel sort of differently potentially than you felt before? What's your experience as someone who has really, really hyper focused and, (laughs) and analyzed this and really translated it for the Bravo audience in a way that's been incredibly helpful? I'm like, cautious viewer with her okay um I think there are elements of her that are likable but I'm still pretty cautious because I'm not fully convinced that she's totally off the hook here Mm. um it's I have really mixed feelings about it because I do think she was in a horrible relationship with Tom at the end but she also spent his money pretty freely I don't you know it's hard it's really hard um yeah I don't know. I saw her at BravoCon and I avoided her like the plague. Did you? Yeah. Not that I think she knows who I am or anything. I just I feel weird feelings towards her mm. because of all of this. Yeah. Um. So. Wow. Hopefully that makes sense. I mean, I have to say shout out to uh, to shift a little bit. Um, shifting gears a little bit, but not a lot. I went over to Crystal's house last night. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, I was there. Um. You know what? I'm a dream guest. I spill wine on the couch mere minutes before coming in. Something, some saliva just escaped from my mouth. And I think we all watched it land um, in there. What was the downstairs like den area? I forget what it was called on the show. They, I, it was so bad. Like th- things were being referenced from the show and I did not remember anything. I felt so bad. Like I they was, were like, referencing them? No, just like I was there with Ryan Bailey, but I was extremely mm. late because I came from a recording and LA is a nightmare. So mm-hmm. traffic, I was an hour late because of traffic winding through. So so when I got there, Ryan had already been there for an hour. And so he he had to leave shortly after I got there for a screening. Then I stayed for several hours just shooting the shit with um, uh, Crystal and Rob, which was awesome. But um, it is one of those things of like finding when I chat with them, I it's I don't think at all about the show. I just mm-hmm. think in terms of like, here's a boy crisis that I have. And what are your thoughts? And I also just spilled wine on your couch. And I wonder what that experience must be like, for example, to be a house. Erica didn't come up in conversation, not once, but to be a housewife in this cast where you already have the tension and pressure of trying to respond to the Bravo audience to press about, you know, XYZ storyline happening on TV. And then this other stuff happens. It really makes everything a lot more complicated. As we saw last season on Beverly Hills, when people said, um, you know, PS the victims. It is incredibly complicated. And even on our podcast, I'm sort of the type to not make a judgment, even though people want our opinions and make judgments. I'm more cautious. And (laughs) I'm like, I just want to wait until the judge makes a decision. Mm. I'm not really one that wants to bring out the pitchforks and go after someone just because of something in a pleading. So it's 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 difficult. Like, I, I don't know if any of the housewives feel that as well, where they're like, oh, we're just going to wait and see what the judge says. I know everyone wants answers, though, immediately. And I thought like Sutton was fabulous on that season where she was going after her, like, tell us what you know. And um, I, I, yeah, I I have no idea how they navigate that. I have no idea. Also, if you are a housewife in the middle of filming a season and a reputable 
media outlet does a very, very intense, highly investigative piece of reporting. Like they're in Beverly Hills, LA Times. I'm thinking if I was in the cast of New York, you know, shout out, um, ladies, but and the New York Times did some huge investigative piece on anybody in the Mm -hmm. current cast. Like, and I woke up to that. I cannot imagine being like, it's just too long. I just, I would, I would be reading it cover to cover. I would be calling producers and see, did you see the third paragraph? Can we like staple that to scene notes for our next Mm -hmm. dinner chat? I can't imagine choosing ignorance if that is really what happened, if these women really truly were not in any way curious. Right, right. When I met, I met Sutton at BravoCon. Oh, God, Um, a delight. I met her too at a, at a Bravo Palooza. It was phenomenal. Yeah, I got her at a photo op. Love. Um, And I went up to her and I was like, I've talked about like the Erica lawsuit and we talk about how you just nailed it and you were so good. And she was like, yeah, because I can read. (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I was like, yeah, you can. Yes. Ciao, AGs. I am speaking to you right now from Rome, Italy, where I am having a little bit of a European adventure. While I love the city and have had so many unique experiences to historical sites, the Vatican, we went to the Pantheon earlier today, there was a little bit of a hiccup in the apartment that we're staying in. And while I really enjoyed getting to know Fabrizio, the owner of the flat, there was a little bit of a language barrier because I unfortunately do not speak any Italian, even though I have watched The Sopranos all the way through at least three times. And this is where Rosetta Stone comes in. What would have helped me enormously in traveling abroad would have been brushing up, also known as entirely learning, the language of Italian. It could have broken down barriers and conversation with Fabrizio. And I also think speaking the language of the place that you're in is a sign of respect to the locals. It's also the ability to fully immerse yourself in the experience. And me not knowing any Italian, apologies to my grandpa Reno, who did make pizza from scratch, it would have been an incredible and even more incredible memorable experience. Rosetta Stone is the trusted expert for 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered, including Spanish, French, Italian, that's right, German, Chinese, and even more. Rosetta Stone immerses you in so many ways. There are no English translations, so you can really learn, listen, and think in that language you want to learn. It's designed for long-term retention, which is especially helpful for me because while this is my first trip to Italy, I really truly hope it won't be my last. The lifetime membership that Rosetta Stone offers has all 25 languages for any and all trips and language needs in life. That's lifetime access to all 25 language courses that Rosetta Stone offers for 50% off. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, AGs can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today today. Ciao. Hey, AGs. Are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Obvs. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. 
chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic non-stick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. Well, that's the perfect way to shift gears because we are still processing mm. the experience of a lifetime. Was it your first time to BravoCon? Had you been to BravoCon before? And how did the execution of the event um, back up what you thought it was going to be like or completely change um, yeah. your perception of what it was going to be? So I went last year and then this year. Um, so I had a, a already sense of the layout and what to expect, mm -hmm. um, but it was so much better in terms of space and organization. It really was. And there were less panels. Yes. Which was nice. That actually, I, so I got nervous about the fact that there was one fewer stage and less panels because I was like, no, we're missing stuff. But mm -hmm. it actually was so much easier when it came to deciding, traveling to a space. It really made things I think, more organized in addition to the fact that everything was much, much more highly organized than Completely. it had been last year. Completely. Yeah. And I typically am not the type of person that gets really bad FOMO about things. Mm. But at BravoCon, just knowing that there was other stuff going on, yes. I had this like feeling of, oh, I got to go over there or I got to go over here or just a constant like nag of mm. like, I got to go everywhere. So it was nice having one less panel and not feeling I, like I was missing out on something. Do you have a peak in a pit? Do you have the thing that, which mm. I just posted one of the videos when um, a fan asked Teresa what her peak in pit was from the upcoming season and then paused and tried to explain to her what a peak in a pit <sighs> was. And she was like, I got it. <laughs> oh, and I got a good moment. for her. Good for her. Um, <laughs> but do you have a peak in a pit from the weekend? It could be like broad. a moment from a panel. It could be an interaction with someone. It could be... Yeah. The fact that we were in Vegas, it could be literally I mean, anything so you want. So many peaks. Yeah, tell so me. Tell peaks. me some of your peaks. Tell me some of your peaks. Um, I loved me meeting Lisa Hochstein. Oh, my God. Yeah, we chatted with her about her divorce because wow. we covered it pretty heavily on the podcast. Okay. And she was just like, oh, my God. Like, I Thank have to you. Like, listen to it and like, yeah, discuss with you. I loved hanging out with every podcaster yes. and content creator. We kind of traveled as a pack, yeah, honestly. It was so nice. Yeah. So nice. Like seeing familiar faces this year. Last year, 
was when I started meeting everyone. Mm-hmm. And then this year it was like, oh, my old friends. Like, yes. can't wait to see you guys. Um, my pits, probably I didn't make it to the Bravos. Mm-hmm. Um, I like bought the VIP ticket and they never sent me the codes to get on any Watch What Happens Live. So I never, I didn't get a single Watch What Happens Live ticket. Wait, you bu- did you buy the upgrade? Yeah, or- like I bought VIP like no 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 I mean like they were supposed to send you a code <gasps> if you bought VIP I did never you get got the code with anybody yeah and they were like oh you have to email Bravo and I did and they were like you're <gasps> on our list and I'm like cool but I missed out on all watch what happens live yeah wait so are you gonna get a refund for something no 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 it's just like like I never got the codes to buy it's not that like oh, I spent money got it. <laughs> yeah, oh okay yeah, so yeah, when yeah. you're VIP they give you like first first access mm-hmm. to getting stuff and you never got that access so you could never buy it right oh, that's right nice. so by the time I figured out it was even happening they were all gone and then Shit, I'm sorry and then it was like $1,300 for a ticket on Ticketmaster, and I'm like mm. <laughs> for the Bravos yeah people are nuts people are nuts yeah it was like five minutes before and then I was like oh I'll just go to the Paris and see if anyone's scalping. Wow. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's OK, though. OK. Yeah, it's all right. I mean, it was overall a great weekend. Just really exhausting. I wish I wasn't so tired. Yeah. And this year, I like let myself rest, you know, like Thursday night. Mm-hmm. There was the option to keep going out or go mm-hmm. to bed. And it's like, I'm glad I went to bed. So I was like taking care of myself. That was really smart. But it was still like... I don't know. I felt like I got beat up every morning. Mm. Do you have a favorite panel? Was there something that just like fed your spirit? My personal favorite one, and not a lot of people are talking about it. I was the only one there, like by myself. Like I didn't go with anyone, um, was the Comeback Queens. I think that's what it was called. And it was all the housewives that have been let go, but then come back. Oh my God. Tell me who was on the panel. Yeah. So it was Taylor Armstrong. Love. Um, Tamara. Ovs. Sheree. Caroline Stanberry, Phenom, Heather Dubrow, mm-hmm. mm, probably missing someone. Okay, somebody else. Somebody else. Wow. And but it wh- was just like that. That's a good when you think about it. Like, oh, those are actually really good housewives. A hundred percent, they are. And I'm just kind of looking at the list: Alexia, Caroline, Heather D, Sheree, oh, yeah, Tamara Alexia. Taylor. Yeah. And it was moderated by Emily Orozco and Lauren Herbert. Um, and so that, how did you find the energy between the women interacting with each other? I wish I could remember better because that was Friday and everything honestly sort of melted down. Yeah. I just remember being like, this is great. Like they're so funny. And like, these are some of the women I wanted to meet the most and just felt really good about it. I didn't, I wasn't a big panel person Mm. this year. I was more like a, a lounge rat. Oh, cool. Like going to the VIP lounge or going to the Bravo Bazaar. Yeah, going to the VIP lounge and the Bravo Paloozas and stuff like that. I got a lot more joy out of those than sitting at the panels for some reason. I do have to say at one point I was in a panel. I forget which one. And I got it because we have to support each other, you know, um, creators supporting other creators. Of course. And I got a text from Julian Hagens because I was like supposed to go to VIP and I was kind of like a, a winding route there. And he said, Shannon is here. <laughs> and I said, keep her there. Yeah. I said, literally block the exits. And I ran like I was out of breath when I arrived to the VIP lounge because I I ran to her. <sighs> I like ran to her. We chatted. She made a joke about the fact that it doesn't look like Orange County is going to win an Emmy next year because of <sighs> some legal situations. Just a little one. Just a little one. Um, but it was, that was actually kind of incredible because the VIP lounge became a much easier way 
even though there was obviously a line to get these kind of photo op opportunities yeah. and more time to chat. Yeah, I like, like the chatting. We sp I spent quality time talking right. to Shannon, who was an absolute delight, extremely yeah. lovely and seemingly grounded and friendly and... um you know, was really yeah. um, feeling the vibe. Yeah, that's why I like the lounge so much was to talk to people because yeah. I'm not the type of person that just wants a photo. Like mm. there's some there's some housewives where if I see them, like I don't feel like I need to be in the photo with them. I'm like, oh, I saw them. It's kind of like a safari, like got, got the photo. <laughs> you know? Oh my God, a giraffe. I got my big four. I'm yeah. good, you know? Um, Wait, who is your big four? I mean, I'm kidding because like in a safari, you want the big oh, four. Like what are the, the big four? I think it's a elephant, lion. Lion. Did I make that up? Elephant. elephant yeah. Elephant. Giraffe. Lion, giraffe. Seen. And like some zebra? fucking. Oh, great. Yeah. We love a zebra. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have a, a big four just genuinely? It doesn't have to quite literally be four, but of a few housewives that you really, really wanted to see or yeah. meet. I mean, I had such different tiers in my head. There were some yeah. I just wanted like photos with and to talk to as a fan there was mm -hmm. some i wanted to talk to about their legal stuff about like lisa hoxstein and then sure. well shannon i didn't want to talk to her about it because they felt bad but um and it's then too shannon is like very fresh, yeah it's very like annoying. i don't really want to yeah no you know, bring that up yeah 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 um and then others where i just wanted to hang out with i was like let's get a drink so um but my my like top ones that i wanted to see were like alexia from miami mm. um i think she's so funny and fabulous lisa um barlow from salt lake city mm. but i met her last year so i oh, wasn't great. that like okay, upset yeah. to not meet her again i wanted tamra but i saw her safari style took a photo of her safari style um lisa vanderpump would have been awesome but i don't even know if she was out and about i really don't know she was like on that panel and that which panel she was on the vpr panel yeah i don't think she like went did she do any other panel no did she not do a photo op? That's what I, I don't think she did. Wow, wow, wow. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. But mm. I think like my top ones were the ones I could talk to about law stuff with, mm -hmm. like Candace um, Bassett from Potomac. Of course. I was like, let's talk about Michael Darby. And what did she say? She was like very tight lipped. Like she didn't want to speak negatively about him because that's the whole point of the lawsuit was about defamation so she's like i'm not oh gonna... my god wait i forgot about the lawsuit i was just yeah. thinking that he's a piece of shit no wait can you give me can you remind me a little <laughs> bit of an I, you guys i just sprang up in bed can you give me a little bit of an overview yeah. of what, what that's the about fuck? because it's so stupid right it's, isn't it incredibly I mean, punitive and ridiculous and that's what we bitchy? were saying that's what we were saying to her and she was like you you said it, i can't say anything like she was just like couldn't she say the same sh i'm not i'm not suggesting she does this but isn't this like a dangerous game to play if you were michael because couldn't she go yeah. after ashley instead like does he really want to open that door because hasn't well, no. everybody said a lot of shit about everybody else okay so here's the thing the can lawsuit to each other over that can we sue each other over better things like wearing a I terrible know. outfit or something yeah. we don't want that everyone no. will get sued god forbid <laughs> yeah that's true um no the court so of this, appeals isn't big enough yeah yeah this lawsuit is about her saying that he paid to get his dick sucked oh okay yeah well, all right I was do you remember was more that of, like fighting no it was that he yeah it was on last season now she I'm said that leanne lockin michael I'm darby very confused michael darby paid to get his dick sucked she said it at the reunion i think she said it during the show okay um how much did oh we didn't get into that how much what how much did he pay mm. I don't know. Maybe we'll find out in Discovery. She was joking, right? I think so. But she said it very strongly. And then so he filed a lawsuit. But the thing is, like, 
an ultimate defense to this to a defamation claim is truth. <gasps> so if she can prove that it's true, she is off the hook. So like he's opening the door to her getting discovery about whether or not he got his dick sucked in a hotel room. But so he has to be very confident he's that he's a did very not. successful business person. Well, the thing is, he's, he's also, also an idiot. really wealthy. Right. So that's the thing when you have that kind of wealth and power. Mm -hmm. And now I'm thinking of other housewives whose names escape me. So I really can't mention any of them by name. But if you think of a very select number of incredibly wealthy and powerful housewives, there are some who have used their legal teams to silence, I don't know, content creators and other podcasters from saying opinions about whether or not they like certain people and certain right. behaviors. And again, I can't think of anybody by name. So I guess you just have to use your imagination. And shout out to the royal family. I hope everybody's well over there. <sighs> Moving on. Okay, so back to what you were saying. Yeah, so that's what the lawsuit's about. And so that's what we raised to Ash... Or not to Ashley, excuse me. I don't like Ashley after all this, just to be honest. Because she hasn't told her ex-husband or separated a strange husband to shut the fuck up and stop doing this? Yeah, and I, I believe that she knew that it was going to... It was happening. And that's when, like, Ashley and Candace were trying to, like, mend their relationship at the reunion and stuff. And then Yikes. it was, like, two weeks later, she got sued for defamation. I mean, Michael doesn't seem like someone who listens to anybody, let alone his no. wife, which is probably why they're but no longer together. she should have given her a heads up. I feel like she knew it was coming. She should have given Candace a heads up or something. Because Candace found out with the lawsuit. So Candace was served with papers that this man was suing her because of communicating on the show about maybe some allegations or suspicions that may have been for comedic effect, regardless of how you feel about that being the conversation right. or maybe not. And now right. he's suing her for defamation. Couldn't her response be, you've defamed your character through your own behavior? How yeah. does me talking, making a joke or not Completely. make this work, make, make this work worse than you like yelling at production during right. like, a previous finale? Hasn't he done a pretty good bang up job exactly. of ruining his own reputation? Yeah, that's exactly what we said on our podcast up that like he is claiming his damages are harm to his reputation. And it's like, how are you going to measure that after you ruined your reputation on the show? But again, because he has so much fucking yeah. money, he's just trying to bully her, bully her, bully her. And also not that she would be bankrupt, but like it's his expensive. goal, it's a, it's very expensive to be me. If you are being sued by someone who has enormous capital and yeah. ego, right. I mean, I don't know how you get around that. Right. And that's not me saying anything negatively about Michael Darby, who I'm sure is a wonderful person if he and his legal teams are listening, which I'm sure they are not. But to say that we've seen a lot on the show that doesn't show him in the best light, it feels like he's trying to make Candace accountable for the fact that maybe the Bravo community doesn't like him very much. I mean, the day that Ashley announced she and Michael were celebrating was like Bravo Christmas. I've never seen the community come together so quickly right. to cheer and celebrate the fact that this man... And now our sales are deflated because I don't think that's happening anytime soon. Now, why do you say that? Well, they haven't filed. Okay. They just said we're getting a divorce. She... I know you haven't seen the latest episode, but you she, guys, I'm so behind. I, know, I haven't seen okay. anything in the last week, but I'm I'm gonna catch up and I'm gonna <laughs> like have I'm thoughts such, and feels and reactions. I'm like I'm such on on such a Bravo high. I'm like brushing my teeth, watching. But oh my god, I I am trying to remember how to move my body. I'm so tired. I've been back and forth everywhere. I mean, yeah, she addresses it that they're like working out custody and financials and stuff like that behind the scenes, but you can easily file and figure that out. So. 
Is it possible that some, I feel like with some high profile or wealthy, whatever, the buildup is getting all of that stuff figured out and then you file when you're all on the same page? Could that it, be a part yeah. of their litigation strategy it just definitely with is each easier, other? And that's what I think Mauricio and Kyle are doing. Oh, that right now they're like sorting through shit. Mm-hmm. Do you think that Mo and Kyle are, are going to divorce? I don't know if they'll actually file either. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, I think it's easier for them to just separate. But you don't necessarily think they're going to find a way back to each other as a married If it helps their storyline, I think they will. Yikes. (laughs) Damn. Oh my God. I don't know. I was telling Lauren um, during the Beverly Hills panel, I just feel like this is all a storyline. Lauren the Zen Blonde? Yeah. Okay, love. Yeah. I was just like, this feels. You think it's a storyline? I think so. You don't think it's a real split? I'm pretty like, I don't know. I go into all these things pretty like. Conspiracy-ish. Yeah. Is this what happens when you're a lawyer? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> so what? It just doesn't pass the smell test for Not you? for me. But the Beverly Hills is always like this where they are like, ooh, little social media things at the end of the season. And then it comes out and during the season and you learn really nothing new and everything is in interviews. And then it gets a little bit more and more serious in postseason interviews and just the way it's come out like it was just convenient timing to me that she mentioned divorce on the red carpet she said she said that as a mistake that she meant to say separated and she said divorce of course oh yeah i don't know i just this is i'm like i'm I pretty critical I, be, I don't i sort of err sometimes on this i could i can i guess be cynical but i'm also like i don't know that it's gullible i'm just kind of I don't know. I'm empathetic to the point I of think, like, I believe maybe it is being a little I mean, bit maybe I, I wish I, I, w- I wish I was like that. Oh, yeah, maybe yeah, that's yeah. when you were asking, has my viewing experience changed? Mm. I think, yeah, that's it. I'm, I question everything. Because of being a lawyer or because of being a lawyer and seeing the things that you have seen as a lawyer? Like because you speak Probably the language both. or because you're used to people sometimes trying to manipulate or usurp yeah. the, the quote unquote truth to win a case. Yeah. Yes. Based on what I've seen on the show and then, yeah, based in, on my experience as an attorney. Okay, but I posted, and again, I guess, well, agree to disagree. I posted a five-minute clip from the BH panel, which I said was like the single most intense moment of any panel of the weekend. I was mm-hmm. shocked by the fact that like we got some shit, I thought, from Beverly Hills. Like which, when she was crying? Like when she was crying multiple times. Yeah. And then when Sutton like gave her some shit for the Teddy saying um, that Sutton carries alcohol in her purse wherever she goes and, and Kyle staying absolutely quiet. Kyle broke down a couple times and mm. I really believed her breakdowns at this point. I really do genuinely believe that she and Mo are figuring out independent lives. Like I I don't think that they are happily married and this is a thing for yeah. storyline. And that's something that she has also discussed, I think, on Watch What Happens and certainly something that Andy agreed to as well, which is like the biggest not to put this ball in your corner, but like the biggest upset for her is people thinking that she would do that to her family and her kids. I don't think that their split is fake. I really don't. I don't think it's... Okay. Yeah. Tell me what you're feeling. Okay. Let's see. What am I feeling? I think they've had problems for a really long time. Agree. And she pushed it down for a really long time Mm -hmm. for the storyline. Right. Or maybe maybe for the story. I don't know at what point you separate the storyline from your life. Life. And a lot of people, you know, there's tension in a marriage. And how do you know that this tension is going to lead a place you can't come back from? But then it was like, then she's walking out without her ring. And she's like, oh, I was working out. Okay, fine. 
Don't you take then your ring off? Out. This is this is why yeah, Kyle's yeah, in my yeah. top five. I'm so apologetic. But don't you take your ring off when you I work like out? I like Kyle too. So I'm not saying this is okay. a non-Kyle fan. But okay. okay, sure. Then she comes out with this Morgan Wade girl, mm. right? Mm-hmm. And then she lied on the panel. That video came out after all the rumors and stuff. Like they made it very quickly. I thought it had been filmed long before. That's what they said on the panel. But then someone posted something about there was like an interview with them on the couch. Remember, they're all like, huh? Ah. Yeah. Where they said that they created it to address all the rumors or like mm. to be like, take that rumors. I honestly don't pay a lot of attention to that <laughs> aspect of it, truly, because I'm really just focused on it just it, it, it is unfolding Mo. in such a convenient way that I don't know. I I don't know. It 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 feels a little queer baity to me too. And like couldn't it feel a little outy? It could feel a little outy. I don't think I think it depends. I think the Queer baiting is really a conversation for members of the LGBTQ community. Totally. But I also think I've talked to a lot of content creators who are members of the LGBTQ community who are not thrilled with the way that this has been discussed because they feel like it's it's outing someone. Fair. And Fair. people have the right to have a difference of opinion. But yeah, that's totally. what's kind of kept me from. Yeah, I just think. I don't know. I just feel like that aspect of it is definitely for people to get talking. Yeah. Like her out with Morgan Wade. I just don't, I don't understand. I, I really could not tell you what's going on there. I have absolutely no idea. I just think that Kyle is in a new chapter of her life that feels independent from roles and titles and identities that yeah. she has. Well, I hope so. Been connected to for the for the entirety of her life. I hope it's not fake, and I hope she is finding happiness. I've, I absolutely, I can almost guarantee, which I absolutely cannot, but I can essentially guarantee that it's not fake. As someone who yeah. absolutely cannot do that, how would I do that? I don't know. Because I just really There's believe been so many f- weird storylines on Beverly Hills, though. Like, like what? Lucy, Lucy, Apple, Juicy. That well, whole that was thing. just so fucking dumb. Yeah, but they like beat it because they had nothing else for the going whole season. on. I don't know. And the Erica of it all, where it's like Lisa Rinna wasn't going to question her. They had like mm-hmm. a weird pact about it. I don't know. I'm just always like a little, I always have a cynicism towards Beverly Hills. Well, and I think it's understandable to also have a cynicism toward Kyle because I do think she is not being as uh, honest or connected to her history of behavior on this show. That's fair. Yeah. By how she's encapsulating her hurt toward how other people talk about her marriage, which, I mean, listen, she has the right to feel how she wants to feel, but I don't think people are talking about, from what we have seen so far, I don't think people are out of line to say what they have had, noting their job position as a reality TV person and member of the cast. And also just for the basis of like how a person could have really gone very dark Mm -hmm. and been much bitchier. I don't see that so far. And also being a little bitchy is also a part of the job. Like if you're in a confessional and you're like, I'm so sad about this moving on, producers are going to say, let's stay on this, Mm -hmm. you know, like let's focus on this a little bit more or here's a great idea of something that you could say, but we're not scripted. So make it up as we go. That's not based on me talking to anybody. That's just the nature of what we have heard from housewives who've since left the franchise. Yeah. That's how the sausage gets made. Dead horse, but did you also get the sense from like Sutton, um, Crystal, and Garcelle that it's going to be another season of like 
Kyle not even addressing it at all? I have no idea. I really don't know. I, I, I got like, that sense during the panel where they were like, we're on a reality TV show. I got the sense from the panel by Garcelle's reaction that was like, it's not, you're not, you can't put this on us and say that us having opinions about your marriage is disrespectful when that's quite literally our job. Like mm-hmm. you, you know better. And I thought the yeah. way that Garcelle communicated that was incredibly effective because she wasn't like, go fuck yourself. She was saying, I get it. And I understand. Also, Crystal's gone through a very public divorce. She found out her husband was cheating on her and then sent an email to his agency. You mean Garcelle? What did, who did I just say? Crystal. Oh, my bad. Oh, my God. I was like, oh, my God. Crystal is divorced. No, I'm so tired, you guys. <laughs> no, I'm no, so no. tired. I'm so sorry. I was like, what? Garcelle, Garcelle yeah, went yeah, through yeah. a very public divorce and found out that her husband had been cheating on her and sent an email, I believe, to everybody at his agency being like, my husband's been cheating on me. And then that got leaked. Like she And she also is a very successful very successful actor Mm -hmm. who has a huge reputation so prior to coming to housewives housewives didn't make her so it's like if she has opinions about going through a public separation i think she has the right to be heard she didn't go through it while on a reality tv show but the way that i think the members of the cast try to frame garcelle and sutton's specifically for having bad intentions is disingenuous for people who might not call their behavior um, one that has bad intentions. They just think about it as the scope of your job. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think I'm two minds of Beverly Hills. I think they do a really good job of not addressing things that people want to know. Yeah. Um, And then sometimes for me, that feels as though it's because it's not real. Yeah. I get that. And I mean, like you have the absolute right, as many people do, to have a healthy sense of um uh, not cynicism, but suspicion, I would say, about the ways that some storylines are carried out and the ways that others feel silenced. Mm-hmm. And I also think there's a gray area there of like, it is empire- entirely possible that people didn't see what was going on. Because we right. saw that awkward AF scene at like a birthday, at was it Portia's birthday? Mm-hmm. Where they're just so awkward with each other that I'm sure the cameras picked up on, editors yeah. obviously understood what the fuck was happening and they had more than enough time to structure the premiere episode in a certain way um but i don't know what the members of the cast knew yeah so it's like we have the benefit of this announcement coming out different from the scandal which happened as episodes were already airing we've had a lot of time to digest this so we're going to watch this season differently but regardless of that the cast is never going to have the amount of information that we have they're not watching these episodes they're filming the show yeah it's just always the timing of it i'm trying to think of another instance where it's like there was something going on in the season and then they discuss it. They discuss the big thing after so mm-hmm. they can't be held accountable. That's happened so many times. Like the divorce announcement came out way after they yeah. filmed. I mean, essentially any time that a couple, a housewives couple has broken up, it has been preceded by the moments of denial, which are con- be internal and external the moments of like this isn't real and stay away versus i refuse to accept that this is real so don't get involved Mm -hmm. or maybe this is real but i'm still trying to work this out or maybe this is real but i don't know where we're going to end up so it's none of your fucking business or i regardless of what's happening i do not want this to be the focus of storyline so somebody you know get a dog you know, where's Apple, Lucy, Lucy, Apple, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. somebody figure something else the fuck out. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, I guess we'll see how it plays out, which I think is exactly what they want to everyone 100%. to tune in. <laughs> it is. It is fascinating. I mean, I really thought that the premiere episode had a different energy than other premieres, it noting did. that last season was like the most upsetting, darkest one that we yeah. have probably seen for BH. Aside from the beginning one, the first one. Oh, yeah. Aside yeah. from like early years. Yeah. Um, yes. We're back to the darkness. We're, I mean, there is something about, but there's something about this that it's not necessarily that this premiere was dark. It's just that it felt moodier it in did. a way than I expected for a show that's all about diamonds and rosé. Ostensibly right. about diamonds and rosé. Yeah. Do, were you at the Vanderpump Rules panel where they were all like, this mm-hmm. season's going to be sad? yeah what do we think that's about is it just going to be that it's awkward the cast seemed to be really focused on telling us that their show would not be moody just kind of a downer like yeah i really want to watch that and then lisa vanderpump was like no it's gonna be like the most entertaining show you've ever seen lisa vanderpump was doing her level best to sell this show and also a little bit of tom sandoval because obviously she wants that to happen but the audience was not even split. I mean, there were moments from people during Q and A saying, "Tom, why don't you quit your job? We don't want you here. Like, why do you think you should still be able to work?" The other person uh, d- directly after that question saying he sh- he deserves grace. Members of the cast saying the same. Other members of the cast saying differently. It definitely seems like there's a divide, even how, even and specifically in how Tom should be treated. Right. What's your perspective on that? On how Tom should be treated? On how you view Tom and view the potential for the direction of of the upcoming season. Yeah, I'm probably not like the best person to ask about it. I only I'm like a bandwagon Vanderpump person. Oh, okay. Yeah. What does that mean? That you don't necessarily watch it? Mm-mm. Did you watch the Scandal season? Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Just to like I mean, no, what was going on? Yeah, but that's a season. Yeah, you're a viewer, I guess. <laughs> I'm not. It's not like running through my <laughs> bones like a lot OG. of people are. I think a lot of people jumped on, yeah. honestly, and and including a lot of people outside of the Bravo universe were like, "Oh yeah, what is this thing that everyone is talking about?" Including yeah. the New York fucking Times. My friends like reached out to me about it. I was like, "Oh, now you know. Now you know what I like yes. like about this." Um. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, I. I, I'm of both minds about it. Again, yeah. maybe it's a lawyer in me. I can like argue both sides of I this. I love that. I love that quality. Um, but it, it's hard to beat someone like over and over. It's like, what more do you want him to do? Like, wh- what do you want him to do? He apologized, right? Like he, Ariana said at the panel, he has still has not apologized to her. All really? of his apologies have come with uh, like a but or a I'm sorry that we didn't work out kind of yet. Okay. He's then, never taken responsibility for fucking one of her good friends. Okay. So then we can keep lying about him it until he that's apologizes. I mean, I think the booze and when his, um, when his uh, accountability begins. Yeah. And he also said she had a stink face. What was that moment? He said that after it was the like panel? after the panel. He said that to a member of the press. Yeah, she had a stank face. Yeah, that he was sitting. She was sitting cool. across from him with a stank face. What a lovely guy. He seems like a great guy. Yeah, I loved his neck tattoos. By the way, he's really leaning in. I mean, it makes for good television, but Does apparently it? very sad television. Well, don't we all want to see how he interacts now after I'm, this? I'm wondering how this season is going to go. And I'm wondering how Ariana feels. I think it could be a really interesting reunion, not to like look too far in advance, but isn't that what we do 24-7? Because yeah. I wonder how Ariana is going to react. Because we didn't really, she was like kind of quiet 
during she the panel. Was. She's also rehearsing for Dancing with the Stars. Which she crushed. Kicking ass. Like, if you guys aren't voting for her, you must. She is our, we want her to kill it. We would love she to see a Bravo so Love win. Well last night. Yeah, she really did. Um, But I just kind of wonder what her reaction is going to be to Sheena, to Lala. The idea of, like, we can't avoid this man forever or he's not the devil. Maybe that's why it's going to be sad. Maybe it's going to be like a line drawn in the sand. If you go with Tom, you're out from the group. Mm. And if you go with our Ariana, then you're in. Maybe that's what makes it sad. Like losing a whole Tom and then Tom and whoever else goes with them. I don't know. It's giving me a little America's Next Top Model energy. <laughs> One day you're in, the next day. The I next mean, day you fuck your friend and you're out. I, the next day you spend multiple <laughs> months lying to your long-term partner yeah. and then tell her it's because she wasn't a good enough partner to you, I guess, or whatever. Yeah. It, it is a little bit of a to be continued. But um, circling back to BravoCon, do you have any pits? Like peak and pit? What was your... What yeah, was your... so I mentioned the Bravos. Not going to the Bravos yeah. was my pit. Being incredibly tired, it was my pit. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any panels that you felt were kind of lacking or anybody on panels who you felt weren't being communicative in a, in a way that you, um, anticipated or felt you deserved to see? Let me think about that. I mean, it sucked that there wasn't a Salt Lake City panel because oh I God. love them so much. They're having such a good this season. season. So good. It's actually, I still can't believe that they're like, because of the reunion, like then yeah. fucking, then do it before you know what i'm saying like this is a big big money maker and there are only so many franchises i know it's so sad so sad um so that sucked not seeing that that is a good pit but like i said like i wasn't really that into the panels i don't know right you spent that time in vip i was a vip little lizard running around like (laughs) trying to talk to everyone um but I, i did go to some of the panels like beverly hills summer house vpr summer house was awkward though because it's like the only drama that we know about next season this past season was horrible so then the only drama we knew about coming up next season is carl and Lindsay, and it's like beyond that what else is there you know that is also so awkward they i mean talk about real ass shit like they were gonna get married and he was like no thank you please and they have such differing opinions on i guess the status of their relationship at the time of the breakup and also how production was arranged for that conversation it's really one of those situations where like i kind of feel like i need to watch it before i frame an opinion because Mm -hmm. i i instinctively am like poor Lindsay. I say that noting that their relationship felt complicated and escalated way too fucking soon. But I also kind of want to see whatever it is yeah, you that need we're going to see. You need to weigh the evidence like a good judge. Like a good judge and jury. Yeah. I mean, I guess I am both at any point in time. Do you have like an instinct of where you how you currently feel about things with Lindsay and Carl? I again, I'm I'm similar to you. I need to see it all play out. Mm. Um, I just think that calling it off, if if that's what Carl wanted, which clearly he did, I'm glad he did it. Well, according to, I think it was a interview that Lindsay gave, I want to say at BravoCon. I forget if it was the Us Magazine piece, which was um, published prior, but there was some conversation along the lines of like, she felt that he thought he could 
cancel the wedding and stay together. And she was like, no, this isn't like pushing it off. Like uh, maybe I would have been open to it if he got cold feet, if he wanted to delay. But the way that it happened of just canceling it, I'm not going to date you. We were going to get married. Right. How do you go back to that? Right. Yeah, I guess I'm curious. Yeah, I want I want to see how it happens. Because if there was the opportunity to get back together, then maybe they could have. But yeah. it yeah, it really depends on how it went down. I have to say for, um, you know, you're a lawyer, you spend a lot of time organizing your thoughts and strategy. Do you have any pointers for people? First off, would you say that BravoCon is something that is worth the investment of money and energy and time, number one? And number two, what are some pointers for people who do want to go to a future BravoCon? Things that like you think could help them in some way in preparation or uh, how they um, can most benefit? Yeah, so I followed none of this this year, but the first year we I love, went. <laughs> you know what, those who can whatever and don't do. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We love, we love. No, but my first year, I was incredibly organized about it. I knew what panels I wanted to go to at what time. I had all the reminders set. Um, I had like my top list of housewives that I wanted to see. Um, So I think it's good to have that like your ultimate top, but not stick too closely to it because mm. there's so much that happens kind of. By the fly of your pants. Is that the saying? We love the fly your- by the seat of your pants. Yeah. You guys, we're dead. Okay. We're no longer here. This is a beautiful, beautiful purgatory on a very, very comfortable bed. So much that happens when you fly somewhere with your in pants. Hollywood. Yeah. <laughs> so previously, yeah. you had done the Uber research, the Uber research. And then I felt like because I am so type A, if I didn't follow it, that mm. I'm like, oh, shoot, my, my plan is all messed mm-hmm. up. This year, I did the opposite where I just, like I said, flew by the seat of my pants or whatever the saying is. And um, I think it's healthy to have somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Um, Because, yeah, this year, it just felt a little too chaotic for me Mm -hmm. uh, because I was just like running around and being a a little lizard in the lounge. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Love it. Yeah. So I think it, it, yeah, review everything. Maybe have your top two panels that you want to see every day. Maybe one Bravo Palooza if you want. Um, and then see where the day takes you because it is kind of like a choose your own adventure and you kind of things just happen. They mm-hmm. just happen. You'll be outside and suddenly you run into someone and you're at this bar and you're getting dinner and you know. I love that. Yeah. And is there anything that we did not mention as pertaining BravoCon that you I mean, would like to discuss in the Court of Appeals of let's just take one moment <sighs> and talk about this one thing that you've been thinking about that you really want to unpack, a vibe, an energy, a mm. quote, a conversation, a moment of chaos or not? You're really putting me on the spot. I so am when that happens, it's like my brain goes blank. It's where I love to be, where I spend <laughs> honestly the majority of my time. But in thinking of like you on your schlep here where you were like, I'm so excited to discuss BravoCon. And then I wanted to talk to you about Erica Jane for 43 minutes um, plus commercials. Oh, my God. That panel. Which the one? show that she has a show. That's crazy. So I was late to pat the puss. I didn't I, go. Last day I was like, I whatever is getting me in this car or whatever is really a gift from God because I am the walking dead. So when I entered Pat the Puss, which was Erica, I walked in to the auditorium or the stage and it was Erica, 
Mikey Minden and the um the panels like moderator MC who was phenomenal, um and then a crowd of Bravo holics behind them and they were the three of them were literally teaching the Bravo holics behind them and then everybody gathered in front how to pat the puss how that took at least forty five minutes I will never understand <laughs> but it it apparently there's a real strategy in how you pat and how you puss in like putting all of that together it's yeah. really a science at the end of the day it's a mathematical equation. Yeah. Um, it's it's giving a beautiful mind. Um, so the fact that that lasted for so long, I don't know. But I missed. I didn't even know that there was a show that had been announced yeah, until I was getting a show. That's the wild thing when like you you're not at something at BravoCon, and, and so you, you see the announcement online. Yeah. While at the place that you're currently standing in, which right. is like kind of great. Yeah. Honestly, it adds yeah. a little bit of a zest. Yeah, and that's why I'm like still consuming all this media about it because there's so yeah. much that you miss. Like no two people's bravo con experiences are the same 100 percent. you know we're so it's like precious flowers yeah like i want to hear it like what was your you know like what did i miss that you saw and yeah. vice versa and so interesting yeah i don't know what else i want to add i think like i think we need to give more love to like the younger casts because mm. i feel like they were some of the best people that i met like the summer house cast the below deck people the winter house people the martha's martha's vineyard people mm. so sweet like you know we all want to go run around and see the housewives cuz they're like top tier yeah um but they're the they're the, they're the home franchise yeah Bravo, yeah housewives. but like the yeah. younger ones are so nice and mm -hmm. so sweet and also deserve all the love and are much easier for me to talk to you I don't know well and below deck I believe remains the number one show for Bravo mm -hmm. so while people when people think of what is the umbrella franchise for the network what's like the number one people think the housewives universe and also because it's so connected to pop culture at this point but below deck gets them the fucking ratings so those casts, man, I don't know what kind of money the deckhands are making and whomever else, the stews, but I can almost guarantee you it's not enough. No, they need more. They, they need, need more. They need raises. They need you to negotiate their next contract. Yeah. Yeah, they're crushing it. Yeah, and they're making so much fucking money for the network. It's probably like hand over fist mm -hmm. at this point. Um, can I ask you one very intense question as we wrap that is literally impossible for me to do as the final question, but um, welcome to Andy's Girls. Um, what are your thoughts on Bethany's reality reckoning? Oh, we've been asked about that a lot and we haven't even talked about it yet. Oh, wow. So look at me oh my asking God. you for the scoop. <laughs> I feel like I need to like, first, I'm unclear on what her asks are. Um, okay, she did at one point put a list of asks in a TikTok. Oh, but that see, was a while ago. But I, I know that she TikToks. did. She, I know that she did. I'm gen I'm not being an asshole. No, I'm yeah. genuinely being serious that I know that she there was some list of I don't know that I would use the word demands, but maybe yeah. a list of demands of but I don't know that we've circled back to that in a minute, okay. which so is I, odd. I need to refresh my recollection yeah. on what her demands mm -hmm. are. Yep, yep, yep. Um, I believe one of them was residuals or something about pay. Yes, 100%. And I think that's fair. Yeah. Like they are making big, I mean, just look at this weekend. Yeah. The production value, Bravo's got money. <laughs> and you know that the, everybody who attended from a Housewives perspective and Bravo Labs were given probably shit. Yeah, I don't I literally have no idea. Yeah. But like, I hope their glam was paid for. I hope their. do you think it wasn't? Oh, hell no. I think you their think? travel was paid for. I think they had to have gotten some sort of fee that it would be nuts if they didn't. But it's also 
I don't know. It's like when a Marvel star goes to fucking Comic-Con or whatever the fuck. Like, I don't know how much they're getting paid, but it's both promotional and also a way genuinely to thank the community, right? Don't you think? It's PR. They're probably getting the most minimal fee and then like putting in all their money into outfits and hair and Mm. glam and everything. Yeah, you're never going to make money. And I also have a gut feeling that it's a sliding scale. Like, I'm pretty sure the, you know, the housewives are getting a lot more than the summer house people. Because, you know, the amount of work is the same. Right. Wow. So we're not doing um, favorite nations with this. Well, I mean, would you expect them to? No. Yeah. Actually, I would. You would expect them to, but do you think they did? No. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I, I phrased that terribly. <laughs> so when like, you... Th- let me, let me, <laughs> let me redo that question. <laughs> so when it comes to Bethany's reality reckoning... I think financially it makes sense. Yeah. And do you think that she is going to be effective in making some of... I mean, listen, her pushing... Um, certainly participating in the Vanity Fair piece and Vanity Fair contacting Bravo for for comment certainly seemed to align quite well with the timing of that memo that was then sent to the members of the company and found its way to the media of um, the president of Bravo saying, here are things that we want to improve upon to mm-hmm. um, ensure that the safety of productions is, is kept uh, at a priority. Yeah. I mean, that's another piece of it, the alcohol mm-hmm. of it all, but they haven't addressed anything about the finances. Um, yeah, I think it's fair to for the reality stars to have great pay or commensurate. Commensurate. Com- commensurate. commensurate. It's so hard, you guys. I, I can't explain to you that it's like it's pushing a boulder <laughs> up a hill. And the fact that I keep doing more episodes after recording <laughs> an champ. episode a night, it's unwell. This it's, is my first I'm time not well. I'm not well. How am I doing not well, bitch? <sighs> Like, I haven't spoken this long since BravoCon. And you're doing a wonderful <laughs> job. You're doing a wonderful job. Yeah, Sassy. I mean, I need to, like, revisit her list of demands and what she's claiming and everything. Um, Like, part of it, it does feel like there's always going to be someone that will mm-hmm. sign up for it. And Bravo will accept them. You know, there's always going to be someone that signs up for $3,000 an episode. Right. But I also think that if reality TV was unionized the the network would be responsible for behaving and providing an environment in such a way totally. that uh, it's the the fact that they would go after someone else. I mean, essentially, if this universe is unionized, they're going to be in a position where it's not about you will accept less than someone else. It's about the fact that you can't give them that amount of money. You mm-hmm. have to give them whatever. Yeah. But I don't know how you get from it, there not being a union or the kinds of consistent protections that some networks like CBS have, for example, where it's uh, both about the safety of the cast and also um, nothing having to do with pay, but there being a push for representation, mm-hmm. which is not something that Bethany is addressing or looking at in any way. But there are networks like CBS that have said, for our reality competition series, we are making it a priority and essentially our right. mandate as far as casting. That- well, that's an interesting thing, too. And I don't want to like deviate too much. But yeah, that that is a really interesting point. There, uh, what I'm att- attempting to say, re- 
irregardless of unionizing, is that different networks have different standards. Right. And it's so inconsistent. And the standard, for example, for reality TV competition series versus reality non-competition series, which are also LOL competition, but the discrepancy there in safety, protection, mental health services, anything else is concerning. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how you get around that. I don't know why someone who would be a contestant on Survivor or maybe Big Brother, I don't know enough about Big Brother, but on any of those competition series would be afforded more protection and services than someone who's on Housewives. I don't know how much of that is a Bravo issue and how much of that is a reality TV issue. I think it's probably both. Mm -hmm. But there is, I think that, you know, she's pushing forward stuff because she's Bethany Frankel. She's able to harness more attention. But because she's Bethany Frankel, it makes this very complicated because I think some of her reactions are more about being incapable of handling critique right. than they are about driving attention so delegit- toward the... It delegitimizes. I don't know that it delegitimizes. It very well might, but it certainly distracts. I don't need yeah. to hear a response to why she feels that... But also, I can go fuck myself. It doesn't matter what I don't want to hear. <laughs> but like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not how quickly I'm like, shut the fuck up. But like, welcome. Um, I don't know that we need to be spending a, a, a significant amount of time talking about current employed members of Bravo not being as supportive of Bethany's crusade and that somehow in her in her literal words meaning that those people don't support women because if we are talking about supporting women only at this period in time only because of this organizing situation and we're not talking about how maybe Bethany felt in the lead up to certain elections when she felt this isn't really my conversation when you know there were calls in 2020 and 2021 and certain people doing the work and certain people not i don't know that we were really having that conversation but now we're having a conversation where we are directly identifying and specifying who in bethany's words does not support women mm. but it's bethany's women mm-hmm. it's not any woman before right. or any crisis before or any opportunity to keep yeah. the idea of social good at the forefront it's bethany's it's social like good. Her lens yeah which yeah. is an important lens i mean she genuinely is able to garnish garner oh, fuck me uh, she's able to get a lot of attention <laughs> she's very successful at it and she can be an excellent communicator Mm-hmm. So it's not like I'm like, go fuck yourself. But also, if you can't handle criticism without focusing on that, how can you handle the actual work involved? Mm-hmm. Like, what kind of strategist does that mean you are? Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, this is all to say I need to re I look forward to that myself. I don't know if we're going to talk about it because she hasn't filed anything yet. She just sent a demand letter. Well, I just had a great idea for something. So we'll talk about that offline. Oh, I just okay. really just had an idea. That's how things happen. And am I editing this moment out of the episode? Absolutely not. Because I fully do not have capacity to do that. So if other episodes have been lightly tweaked, then I think people have a sense of things that this week is not the week for that. Yeah. So we are truly mentioning it all. Ceci, can you tell AGs a little bit about your podcast and the work that you do on social? And before you do that, I just want to say that I I have found your posts so incredibly helpful and I share them more often than 
really a lot of other accounts, certainly when it comes to anything that's like legal or anything that involves like translation, I felt I found them very, very helpful. You guys put in a ton of time and effort. And also, um, LOL, but like your posts are like very easy to read. I, That's the goal. I really and thank enjoy you for them. Sharing I enjoy them. the design. Yeah. Um, but can you tell AGs a little bit more about um, the mission behind the Bravo Docket? Yeah. So the Bravo Docket, we're two practicing attorneys. And our goal is to make these legal pleadings a little bit more accessible for everyone. We like to dive into the docket, do long form research, and explain things in an easy to understand way. And we like to uncover stuff that necessarily isn't being reported on. And then our that carries over to Instagram where we do little infographic posts, quick little 101 law, law 101s on our Instagram and break everything down, everything from Britney Spears to Erica Jane to Jen Shaw. We're trying to cover it all, but yeah, and there's always they, another crime. They don't to stop. Do they? they don't. Sp- uh, they don't stop. I feel like you know we talk about work ethic and the ability to really double down, but some of these criminals, man, they're taking it to an extreme. Take the I day mean, off. Yeah, crime and like like all the civil lawsuits. We we cannot keep up. There's always something going on. Like Liam McSweeney's lawsuit. Oh my god! Like that's another one. Yeah, and the and the fact that it's um uh discussing the American Disabilities Act because of her mental health is the mental okay so this was that's interesting to me because I was wondering what aspect of the ADA was at the forefront of her lawsuit um I haven't read it yet this is all from BravoCon weekend discussions with people but Okay, I was about to say was Leah there, but like no. obviously she was not. <laughs> this is so tired. She would, she would show up. I don't think she would. She yeah. literally said, "I don't want to settle. I want to drive mm-hmm. their ass to court and go all the way." I don't know if court is going to be where this ends up, right? I don't she know. Filed it, yeah. I mean, it doesn't mean that it ends up in court. Oh, like like to I don't trial. Know. Yeah. yeah, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, that's an interesting. I really don't have. A lot of information on that. I feel like I, I have a lot of emotion, it. but not information. Because it came out last week and I was preparing for BravoCon. I mean, LOL. Yeah. Also, you know how um, I said we were wrapping 15 questions ago and we keep going? <laughs> it's okay. Just in a little bit of a summary, gut instinct, what was your reaction to the VF piece? Because we've kind of been talking around yeah. it within the Bethany of it all. Um, I mean, it felt like just three disjointed stories. Did and it. originally I thought it was going to be one sort of overarching mm-hmm. You know, we keep hearing reality reckonings, so I thought it was going to be breaking that down. Mm-hmm. But to me, it did feel like three distinct issues, especially Ebony's. Um, I feel like Ebony's should have had its own article. Um, that like it, it it it's a horrible, horrible situation situation. Um, and that deserved its own. And then I think to to just attach it or tack it on with. Bethany and Leah's it just it was a different it theirs was a different tone for me and a different issue I do these things on Patreon episodes called Satchels of Gold, which are listener thoughts and feels questions and concerns named in honor of Her Holiness Kelly Clarn Ben Simone. <laughs> and um, there was a satchel. I did two recent satchel spectaculars, which are up on the HE Patreon at patreon.com slash Girls. And one of them, if I'm remembering correctly, referenced feedback about that VF piece, which was like, I felt that the positioning of Ebony's story and experience in the piece itself neutralized and equalized what 
Ebony experienced with what Leah did, which was incredibly unfair to Ebony. Yeah. That it was like... That's a really good point. I thought it was a really good point. Yeah. It was not one that I made. It was one that was sent by an Andy's Girls listener. And I was like, so thankful that they sent it to me. This is why I'm so appreciative for the AG community, because as you said, we have different experiences at BravoCon. We certainly have different experiences when reading and processing information about Bravo, let alone watching Bravo. So when I get satchels like that, which you guys can message me on Instagram at Dame Galley, email me longform at show at gmail.com or slide into my AG, uh, AG Patreon DMs. I'm so thankful for it because I was mm-hmm. like, holy shit, that is a great point that because it's like sometimes you read something and you feel a certain way, but you don't know how it is that you feel for someone to define it mm-hmm. and really talk about it in a way that I hadn't thought of is so important to me, but also fascinating. Because mm-hmm. um, I, I think that was like a very valid point and frankly, critique. Right, right. And then later in the article reading that Ebony was like, F you to Bethany. Yeah. And then Bethany, instead Posted, of focus, instead of, and again, we're going to wrap it a second. I know. But instead of Bethany focusing on what Ebony experienced, right. she's focusing only on the fact that she Ebony said, her. fuck you. Yeah. You're not, you know, fuck you, a, a multi billion dollar corporation, yeah. whatever the exact line was. And then shares a screenshot of Ebony getting in touch with her years prior thanking her for some um uh, work for humanitarian work as if to say that thanking someone for humanitarian work means you're not able to criticize them without looking like a hypocrite this is the fucking issue and then ebony oh i'm getting so hot it's because i'm so tired (laughs) then ebony oh my god we've been recording for forever and then ebony um put up an instagram story response that was like lol bitch like she didn't say lol bitch that's me saying lol bitch but she was like that doesn't say anything like you think you're doing a thing but you're not doing a thing right 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 we're just staring at each other but wasn't it like so just like yeah it's like proving the entire point of like ebony's critiques yeah and also i think proving a point about the fact that you can think multiple things at once right but if you are really really dividing your attention and the ways that you use your platform to focus on this weird kind of like housewivesian, mm-hmm. housewifeian kind of calm style. That's not what we want. What we want yeah. is for you to focus on, not to say you can't do a lot of things, but maybe that's not ideal. Maybe we should be focusing on what Ebony said. Now, I wasn't told to go fuck myself in Vanity Fair. And I wasn't the one who probably helped organize Vanity Fair. So it's easy for me as an outsider to be like, you need to focus on Ebony's experience and not the fact that she told you to go fuck yourself. Right. You have to be able to sustain that. You need to be able to sustain critique because if you're focusing only on critique, we you are going to lose people who only see you focusing on critique. Yeah, that's fair. I don't know. My initial reaction to Bethany's post, it kind of felt like she was shutting the door on Ebony being a part of hundred percent reality reckoning but also ebony it's because ebony was like go fuck yourself i know but like you said she should have responded to that differently like you or still not have responded room, or not responded or, or been, yeah yeah well not responding is always the as an attorney not responding is always the best which is why i am not um, an attorney because i always respond yeah always the best strategy to stay silent yeah, and shut up not great um but yeah i think it would have been better for her to have been like you still have you're still a part of this you know 
Also, before we wrap for the 15th time, it was interesting to me that there was not a single question at the Ultimate Girls Trip New York panel about Ramona. Well, that was a good panel. I, I forgot about that one. I really liked that Did you panel. like that panel? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that well, one. Well, it is also where we all met Ruth, who is the BravoCon oh. icon. She's an 84-year-old queen. Me? I just posted the video because I found the video of when she first asked a question. Did you see? Was I sitting near you? No, I think I was by myself. Oh, okay. I was sobbing when she was up there asking a question. Were you? Yeah. I just felt like such a, like a warm connection to her. Like that someone that's like elderly still has the Bravo spirit in her. Do we say elderly? Vintaged. Well, is that not nice? Like a fine wine. We all, we all get better with age or whatever the (laughs) time. Time. (laughs) Because Ramona didn't want to say age. Um, I, I mean, don't know. I felt so like that was really warm meaningful. and fuzzy. It and was like, really meaningful. And then she, they had her on the press line later. Oh, it's like it. we literally, she created herself, obviously, but like the audience at that specific moment was like, um, Ruth. Ruth is queen. Yeah. Ruth is mother, I yeah. guess is what we're going to say. I like Ruth this year was, you know, that guy who on like last year went up to Kenya Moore and said, you make me happy when I'm sad. Oh my God. Oh no, you just made me cry. Oh my God, I remember that. It that was, was like such a beautiful moment. Can you imagine? And it was so clear. Yeah. Sometimes like the the thing that is so clear to say is yeah. so often the most beautiful thing. There's no better way to say it than that. And she was so touched. We yeah. were all times so emotional. That's yeah. exactly what it was. Yeah. And then the um, you know, Bravo invited Ruth the Queen. This uh, 84-year-old Bravo fan, she introduced herself by saying she was 84 as we anointed her to the throne. And then her question to the Ultimate Girls Strip New York cast was like, how do you stay so beautiful? And the cast was like, tell us how you stay so beautiful, Ruth, <laughs> right. because we love you. Um, and then uh, there's video of this um, uh, on any number of social accounts. Um, but uh, Bravo had arranged for Ruth to stand at the press line in the press room and then surprised her by bringing out Andy. I love and it. And so they had a moment and it was just like the sweetest thing. Like we want Bravo countries to come true. Yeah. And this is the way to do it. I know it was such a beautiful moment. But yeah, like you said, there was no question about Ramona. They were no question. Mm-hmm. Fuck Ramona. Honestly, yeah. I don't care about Ramona. I care about Ruth. But yeah. it was interesting because there were obviously the panels where people were like, and this is where I want to tell you, go fuck yourself. And I'm going to do it in a really funny to me way mm-hmm. versus New York where I was like, oh, nobody's going to ask. Not a single person. Like somebody asked during an Ask Andy about the reality reckoning. He was right. asked at least once about that. Right. In front of an audience, let well, alone in the press maybe line. Maybe people just don't want to. I don't know. I don't know. It was interesting, though, because it wasn't, I don't know, it was like, is this self-editing or do people just kind of feel like I got the answer because she's not here? I'd rather focus on the women who are. Right. Maybe that's it. Maybe. I don't know. I asked one question last year and I tried, I just wanted it to be lighthearted. Like I could have gone very like, what do you think about Erica? You know, like, but I was just like, why? What was your lighthearted question? Um, To Andy, who had the best evidence at a reunion. Oh, and did he say... The binder. Yeah, Monique. Monique. That but was, we didn't even get into it. I know, but the fact that she brought a binder. Sometimes it's just I know, I know, I know. She'd be a perfect The fact client. that she was flipping through pages, I was yeah. like, this is it. I, I want to read. I need that binder. <laughs> we need to find that binder. Yeah. I hope whoever is fighting over it during, you know, their divorce, divorce. Um, thinks of us. Yeah. And maybe she can send it to us page by page. She'll be, she'll be like, no, no, no. Andy gets the binder. Like, Truly. Yeah. Put that, uh, assign that to the Housewives Museum. Yeah. Please and thank you. Um, listen, Sassy, I've taken up more than enough of your time. Can you tell the AGs where they can follow you on social um, yeah. and any episodes you have cooking? Yeah. So we're the Bravo Docket and you can find us on 
Apple Podcasts, all every, anywhere podcasts are streaming. We're the Bravo Docket, Instagram, the Bravo Docket. We have a Patreon as well. Um, what is coming up? So I think our next episodes will be maybe on Erica, like the Marco Marco lawsuit. Maybe Leah McSweeney will have our own BravoCon showdown episode. Oh, wow. We um, love a showdown, showcase showdown. Showcase showdown because Angela and I had very different BravoCon I love that you and Angela disagree so much. And I love a passionate discourse. Genuinely, <laughs> that's great. We disagree and we had a very different BravoCon experience. So mm. um, it'll be, yeah. Oh my God, that's going to be it's, fascinating. It's, it's fun that we take different because that's what no, I'm telling you, I love yeah, it. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. telling you, I love it. Genuinely, yeah, yeah, yeah. that's the the and worst case scenario is two people being like, "It was great. It was great. Okay, bye." Yeah. Like we want people who are able to be engaged in conversation, genuine conversation. Yeah, I we love like, that. We like taking that's a different, dream. and then sometimes she'll convince me, and I'll convince her, yeah. and it's pretty cool. Genuinely, those are my favorite episodes of AG when someone's like, "I have a totally different take." I'm like, "Yes." Yeah. And more often than not, I'm like, "I 100% understand that perspective and maybe you know, normalize changing your mind based on new information." Yeah. Or normalize just even being able to listen right. and sustain oneself. Right. Um Sassy, this was such a joy. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm glad we could do this. It's so nice to see you in LA. It's so nice to see me in LA. I absolutely agree. I do feel like I'm going to fall down right before um, I, in fact, do fall down. But before I do, guys, I signed up for Buy Me a Coffee, which is this incredible way to support creators. So the link is in the show notes for this episode. I think it's buymeacoffee.com slash Dame Galley. And if you want to buy me a coffee and support um, some of this BravoCon budget, I would love it as I continue to content create and write and podcast and do all those great things. Of course, as mentioned, the Andy Scrolls Patreon number one way to support the pod. You get exclusive bonus episodes and so much more. Um, I'm going to post a story to IG. What do you want? Uh, what questions do you have about BravoCon um, that you'd like me to answer? And I will record a uh, Patreon spectacular answering all of those cues and more um and follow me on instagram at dame galley sassy thanks so much for coming thank you for having me a pleasure a joy um ags hope you're all doing okay and we will chat with you soon bye-bye